Hey everybody, this is Dave Denuzzo, and you are listening to the True Manhood Podcast, real talk about authentic masculinity. True Manhood Podcast is a Catholic podcast brought to you by True Manhood Men's Ministry, where we work to fight the evils of pornography and the culture's ideas about manliness, while teaching virtue, striving to emulate Jesus. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God, and true man. Hey everybody, thanks for coming out to the True Manhood Podcast. This is Dave Denuzzo, your host. Thank you for joining us. Today in the episode, I want to talk uh, on a couple different topics. One is I want to talk about an article that I read recently online. I just disagree with it. I disagree with it a ton. I want to jump into that. I'm not going to tell you where it's from because I, I really, really like this organization. But uh, and they And they have guest writers, and I think this guy's just a guest writer, and so maybe they didn't think through this enough, but let's jump in. And if you happen to come across this this article, uh, you do with it what you want. I mean, he's got some good content, but I just disagree with him. I think he's missing the boat on it. So this particular author is not a Catholic. He um, says that he's a clinician and ordained minister. So we all know that, you know, ordination processes, uh, he's, he's not actually ordained. He's certainly not a priest, but he can come up with what he wants. I just disagree with him. So he's coming from the premise that when we tend to forget about anger, that we concentrate only on lust, that we actually increase sexual sin. So he's talking about not only pornography, but He's talking about the topic of just sexual brokenness in general. So if you're a parent listening, content in this episode may not be good for young listeners. So maybe go ahead and turn this off for young listeners. If you are a young listener and you don't have parent permission, you need to get that. So there's the caveat on that. Okay, so this particular article is going to talk about an overemphasis on lust and moving away from maybe the understanding that, that anger plays a part. Now, why I disagree with him on this is that I don't disregard anger as a reason why someone gives into sexual sin. I don't disregard that at all. I just don't agree that it's the driving force. I, I don't agree that in every case, and that's, that's what he's saying here, this premise is that And I quote, I have never met someone who struggles deeply with sexual lust that is not also battling with unaddressed anger. When I read that, I realized, hey, okay, I didn't like the title of the topic, but when he says this, he's never come across somebody who doesn't have anger, who has sexual sin, sexual lust. Uh, I don't think he understands where lust comes from. Okay, so let's dive into that. Let's get into it. Lust is a vice. And a vice takes us away from holiness. It takes us, takes us away from what we were created to be, which is virtuous, which is holy. Okay, God creates us to be like himself. He doesn't create us to be sinful. He creates us to be holy, good, valuable, and make good choices. We tend towards sin because of concupiscence. This is our natural tendency. When we choose to be better than that and we choose to strive for virtue, then we create the habit of choosing the good. Ultimately, the greatest good is love. When we choose love in each different setting, we're doing the right thing. 
it takes a lot to create the habit of virtue. Okay, and the Catechism would tell us, this is paragraph 1803, that the virtue is the habitual and firm disposition to do the good, not only so that we can do good acts, but so we can give the best of ourselves. And that is really what we're trying to do, is give the best of ourselves, that is love. So when we're dealing with the sin of lust, what we are going to come across is that it doesn't come from anger. Lust comes from the opposite of chastity. Okay, the opposite of chastity. Chastity is proper use of our human sexuality. Let's go back to the beginning. God creates man. He creates woman. We are either male or female. This is who we are in our, in our sex, our gender. Those are the same things. Those are not separate like the world wants to tell us. In our sex, in our gender, it also therefore gives us a purpose. It gives us a role. It does not mean that one is better than the other. Please never misconstrue that I'm saying that one is better than the other. But if I try to live one that is not made for me, I'm wrong. I'm going to be unable to be fulfilled. I'm going to be able to uh, very easily get distracted and fall into sin. If I'm not living out my purpose and my, my role, then there's going to be problems. If I get into a marriage and I'm not doing what a man should do, then there's problems. When in our culture it suggests that women do male things, we have problems. Women should do women things and men should do men things. And that doesn't mean culturally that we don't get confused by this because we absolutely get confused by this. I'm not saying that boys wear blue and girls wear pink different topic. What I'm saying is when a male is living out his maleness and a female living out her femaleness, things can be ordered. That is virtue. When things are ordered, that is virtue. So when we have this vice of lust, the vice takes us away from chastity. Okay, Each, every single human person is called to chastity. Whether you're single, called to chastity. Married, called the chastity. Priest, called the chastity. Religious sister, called the chastity. You're seeing the pattern here, hopefully. This is all of us. We all have this, and we all have to live it out. What that means, again, is a proper use of our human sexuality, meaning that we don't give in to things like pornography. We don't give in to masturbation. We don't give in to infidelity within a marriage. If you have made the vow to be celibate, then be celibate meaning you don't engage in sexual activity whatsoever. If you're single, you are not to be involved in sexual activity. It's one, it's wrong. It's not good for you. And two, it's not allowing you to actually be free. It's going to make you a slave. I know this very well because that is the life that I had. Thank God I don't have that. Thank God I am free. Thank God I can live virtue. Okay, so this author gets into this topic of, of lust. If we just concentrate on lust trying to overcome lust, that we forget about anger. I don't think that they're that closely connected. I understand there are people who have sexual lust because of anger, and it's a compensation. It's a defense mechanism, or it's their outlet. I get that for some people, that they do have that. I don't think it's everybody. That's certainly not the case for me. Now, I did have anger. I was a rageaholic for a lot of my younger years. I think that stemmed from trying to fit in, trying to be cool, 
trying to be what I thought was manly. That's culture manliness. That's what I preach against. I think it was video games. I think it was machismo. This idea of just like, I'm the biggest, baddest, and I don't really care if you're actually bigger and badder, but I'm going to act bigger and badder. I'm going to puff my chest out more than you. Yeah, that's just not it. That's not lust. That's not even really anger. That's just fake. <laughs> that's just trying to fit in. That's trying to navigate the world as a young male. This guy likes to link these two, that, that sexual lust and anger are so closely related. Here's what he also says. He says that when we only concentrate on the lust, we are actually doing a disservice to those who we serve. And this was this was geared towards faith leaders. He tried to link to in Matthew chapter 5 about the nature of sin. He talks about lust. Jesus talks about lust. And when we commit lust in our uh, adultery in our hearts, uh, when we look lustfully at a woman, and it goes on to talk about anger later in Matthew 5, 22. I just don't think this guy's getting it. Back to the topic of chastity. If we have lust in our lives, if we have any vice in our lives, we have to counteract it with creating the habit of the virtue. This means that if you are lusted, if you have lust in your life, and I think to some extent, if you're a human, you probably have lust to some extent, unless you're perfectly virtuous in this area, unless you are perfectly chaste, which props to you, I and mean, that's amazing. But if you have lust, you have to counteract it with chastity. Okay, if you have anger, you need to counteract that with temperance. You need to counteract that with magnanimity. You need to counteract that with justice, not with chastity. Those don't line up. This is why this guy's missing in this, in this article. Thank you for joining us on the True Manhood Podcast. Please take just a few moments and share this with other men in your lives that they may grow in authentic masculinity with us. If you have lust, attack the lust. Okay, this is where we have to be proactive. We have to be on the offensive. We cannot just sit back and wait, oh, play defense, blah, blah, blah. No, you have to be active. Whatever your vice is in your life, whether it's lust, whether it's gluttony, whether it's pride, whether it's whatever, you've got to counteract it with the virtue. This is allowing us to activate who we actually are. Activate who you are supposed to be, who you were created to be, the life that you were given to live. Ah, oh, man, do you understand this? When you activate who you were created to be, God allows you to do amazing things. When you sit back and just let life happen to you, and you just kind of go through the motions, you're going to fall into sin. You're going to be vicious. Okay, you're going to fall into sloth. You're going to fall into just not caring. Complete abdication of what you're supposed to do. But when you really grab a hold and you activate these virtues by living them out, and maybe you don't have them. Maybe you're not virtuous yet. But you have to tend towards them. You have to go towards more chaste things, more chaste choices, more chaste lifestyle than a more lust-filled, more vicious lifestyle. That's why this guy misses this. He's saying, oh, don't concentrate on fighting lust. Concentrate on fighting anger. Nope. Wrong. Maybe you're lustful. Maybe you're both uh, angry as well. Fight both. Here's why I say you have to fight anger with things like temperance, with magnanimity, with justice. Okay, and if you don't know what these words mean, you got to learn them. Easy, simple thing to do. Go on to truemanhood.com, search for the guide to virtue, download it, read it, learn it, pray it. Awesome information on the True Manhood Guide to Virtue, or open up a catechism, start at paragraph 1803, 
Start reading paragraphs. Start digesting it. Start thinking about it. Read Thomas Aquinas. Read books like The Heart of Virtue. Read books like Boys to Men, The Transforming Power of Virtue. All of those places is going to say the same stuff. You have to fight vice with virtue. So if you struggle with anger, then you need to have temperance. Okay, this is moderation of our attraction to pleasures. Sometimes people think they get pleasure from anger. It's an empty, lonely, useless uh, fulfillment. It's not actually full. It's counterfeit. What temperance allows us to do is live rightly, live ordered. Why I say that you fight anger with magnanimity is because magnanimity means that you are having greatness of soul, that you're doing everything with excellence. Oh, magnanimity is so important for men. If you're listening to this now and you don't know what magnanimity is, dive in. Jump in and say, how can I be the most manly? By being magnanimous, having greatness of soul, being big-souled. Fantastic, fantastic idea. Everything that you do, everything that you touch, everything you think about, everything you say, everywhere you go, you're full of greatness of soul. That means you're not a coward. You're not shrinking from danger. You're not looking at trouble and saying, oh, oh no, no, I don't want to, I'm afraid. No, you're like, I got this. I want to be just like Jesus. I'm going to be magnanimous. And why I say you should fight anger with justice is because justice is giving to others what is due to them. This is probably the biggest one you need. If you have anger, and I don't have rage anymore, I'm, I'm cool, I'm, I'm under control. Now, if you have righteous anger, that's different. That is not a sin. That is not a vice. It's got to be properly ordered. Jesus had righteous anger when he overturned the tables, for instance. Or the things when people were possessed by demons, you better believe he was righteously angry with those demons. Righteously angry with the devil. Absolutely. But when you strive for the virtue of justice, you give to others what is due to them. It means you treat them right. It means you give to them what is good for them. That means you don't lie to people. You don't blow smoke up their skirts because, well, I might hurt their feelings. No. Tell them the truth in love. I actually just came across a really cool quote from Mother Angelica. Those who tell you the truth love you. Those who don't tell you the truth love themselves. That's not justice, is it? So if you have got lust in your life, don't buy into this lie that you have to fight it with anger. You need to fight it with chastity, with the virtue. Okay, in these last couple minutes here of the podcast, I want to shift gears. And I'm going to just talk a little bit about a parenting technique that my wife and I use. And it's something that I'll probably get into in the future as well. But it's the concept that I don't want to have to unteach a bad behavior later on. So if I'm trying to form my children and I'm trying to get them to have the right behavior when they're very, very little, I mean, I guess in the end, I want the right behavior when they're older, not just necessarily when they're adults, certainly when they're adults, but in their teenage years and in their adolescence and so forth. When I'm teaching my kids something, I always use kind of the example of, uh, I want my children to be able to eat clean. I, I don't want food all over their face and all over their clothing. So I teach them to put the food in their mouths. I teach them to use a utensil properly. I teach them to use a napkin and so forth. So why am I okay with my toddler making a disaster at a meal just and say, well, it's just they're two or they're a toddler or they're a baby. No. From the very beginning, I want to teach my child the behavior that is expected. The last episode I was talking about, or a previous episode about behavior in mass, you have to exemplify the behavior you want, but then teach that behavior to them outside of mass. I don't like to teach things to kids 
and then have to unteach it. Like, oh, it's okay for you to not pay attention in mass. It's okay for you to play with your toys in mass and have snack time in mass. Sorry, I disagree. I disagree. I have never once, never once given my children a snack in mass. Unless my child is a baby and needs to eat at mass, my children don't consume things at mass because I want them to know the behavior when they are now second graders and they've received their first communion that you have to fast. You can make it for an hour without eating. And I don't need to put something in my kid's mouth to make them quiet. They don't need books. They don't need superheroes. They don't need Hot Wheels. They certainly don't need iPhones and iPads. Yes, I've seen it. There's probably some people listening who have guilt, you know, they're guilty of giving their kids a screen. I saw a kid one time right in front of me in the pew with an iPad watching a movie, no headphones. I couldn't believe it. I reached over, I hit the power button to turn it off. The parent looked at me. I looked at them. They realized, oh, my kids shouldn't be watching a movie in mass. But if you're a parent, I don't want to point finger. Here's, here's what I've seen. And my children, granted, my children are, are still young. My children make mistakes. I am not a perfect parent. That is not my premise here. I just, I always decided that when I was going to teach my kid something, I didn't want to have to unteach it. I didn't want to be okay with a certain behavior to then later on expect something different, something better. I wanted this, the better from the beginning. If you have young children in your home, teach them the behavior that you expect them to have later on from the beginning. Don't confuse them with, well, this used to be okay, now it's not okay. Whether it's clean eating or behavior at mass, not having snack and not having you know books and whatever, or it's how you treat people. Certain things like when your kid's a teenager and you expect them to do what they're told and they're not allowed to tell you no, why is your two-year-old or your three-year-old or your eight-year-old able to tell you no? It never flies with me. Never flies. I also don't like have to repeat myself to my kids like over and over and over when I know that they know what I'm saying and when I know that I've clearly given them the expectation. So I like to start that with my kids at the beginning, that there is an expectation. I've clearly expressed this and then that that's the behavior that has to happen with clear consequences. You don't follow my rules. Here's the consequence, right? Yeah, you give your child choices. Choices are awesome. Everybody likes choices. Your kid needs the choice, but it's not either, okay, you choose my way or you choose your way, right? It's not a pride thing. It's not a power struggle. My kids know that I'm in charge. There's no doubt. My kids know that when my wife says something, she's in charge. No doubt. It's not a power struggle for us. It's a, I know what's best for you and you need to trust me. If as your kids get a little bit older, they want to discuss it with you, this is where teaching the why comes in. We have to teach our kids why we have rules and why we have certain expectations. If we don't do these things, our kids are going to struggle in life. I mean, make it clear. Don't make it confusing. Make it clear. I hope that's a good tip. If you have questions about this, hit me up. Social media, truemanhood.com. You can find me on email at dave at truemanhood.com. Thank you all for listening. I hope the first part made sense about not being confused, like if you have lust, if you're using pornography and you're using masturbation or you're unfaithful in your relationship, or you're trying to find emotional satisfaction somewhere that's outside of the marriage, you don't fight the anger. That just doesn't make sense, buddy. And I don't want to throw him under the bus. I didn't say his name. I didn't say where I found it. But uh, yeah, he was off. He was off on that one. And then the parenting tip, teach 
kids, how you expect them to be later first, and then have one consistent expectation on how to behave. All right, y'all, thank you so much for being here. Please take the time to share and check us out on social media. Send this to one person. Send this episode to one person. Say, hey, check it out. I think you'll like this Dave guy. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being here. May God bless you. True man up. You've been listening to a Catholic podcast by True Manhood Men's Ministry. Please share our ministry with your friends and family. Find us on social media and visit us online at truemanhood.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you on the next episode. Oh,